So what I want to do, I want to quickly, everybody rest to their feet. Let's read the word of God together. Um, Ephesians 2 verse 8 is our theme scripture. We'll try to tie all of that in to this great gift that he has given us. <clears throat> Somebody say, I'm hungry for the word. How many of you are hungry for the word of God? Amen. Amen. Ephesians 2 and 8, let's read it. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift of God. The gift of God. Yeah, I was talking, uh, the youth. I got a text message from the youth Bible study on Wednesday. And they looked at gift and they said it's a gift of God. And they say the gift is um, glorifying God. No, wait. Where the youth at? The gift is growing in faith together. Huh? Yeah, y'all give it to me. I'll mess it up every time. <laughs> But the youth, the youth, it blessed me for them to understand that this is a process. We are growing in faith, not in flesh. Amen. Amen. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says, crucify your flesh <laughs> daily, momently. All right. Um, today, I want to I want to just turn the page into Ephesians chapter number three, verse number one. I'm going to read the first eight to nine verses, and then we'll just see what the Lord has to say to us. Ephesians chapter one, 3, verse number 1. Ephesians 3 and 1. Ephesians 3 and 1. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, oh God, for all that you have done, for what you're doing and for what you will do. For, Lord, we know you consider it all done already. So we thank you, God, for being the God of all and for giving us this day that we may feast on your bread. So, Lord, come and feed us what you have for us, Lord. Father, we ask that you would take every thought captive so that we can hear from you. For, Lord, we know that we are your church, you are our God, and we need you. You've given us your spirit to operate us. So we stand in repentance, Lord, for every time we've taken the will. We just ask that your will be done. And, Father, as I stand here, I ask that you would help me to move out of your way. Consecrate me as only you can. So that when all is said and done, we, your people, will look to you. And you will be glorified. And we will be edified. Father, I surrender, so help me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Paul writes... For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard the dispensation 
of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. How that by revelation, by revelation, he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may have underst may understand my knowledge is the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles, that the Gentiles, let me put it in a different way, that all God's people should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of, gra of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Wow. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, the grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles and the unsearchable riches and that it be make known all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which is from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, whom created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers and the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery. How that, verse number three. I want to talk to you just on that topic, grace being revealed. Um, there, the first thing I want to deal with is revelation for you who take notes. And I'm going to deal with that in Colossians 1, 24 through 29. Then we'll deal with dispensation, which is <clears throat> 1 Peter 3, 18 and John 8, 36. And then um, we're going to finish up in 2 Peter 1, 2 and 4, dealing with what's been done already, a partaker, how we partake, all right? <clears throat> if, if, if you're ready, say, go, say God, God. Reveal, to us reveal to us the mystery, the mystery. of your grace. <laughs> Amen. You may be seated. Um, Paul, he, he begins to write, and he's writing, um, to the Gentiles and he wants them to know about the dispensation and then he says that in order for <clears throat> them to understand dispensation that they must know that it came through revelation and God was so awesome he he never tells anybody anything that shouldn't be known ahead of time let me say that again he never tells anybody anything that shouldn't be known ahead of time. In other words, he, 
he's not going to tell you something that you're not ready to hear. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you get something from God and you think you're supposed to run and tell somebody. But if you go and tell somebody something to help them ahead of time, it'll end up hurting them. And so, and so Jesus oftentimes would tell, do something and tell them, go and tell no one. Because he knew that they was not ready to receive what he had. Um, and in other words, he has to get you ready so that you can receive what you have. Mo, um, Abraham, he calls out Abraham and he tells Abraham something wonderful. He says, get out from your people Go, for you are going to be a blessing, and anybody that bless you, I'm going to bless them, because all the earth through you shall be blessed. Abraham says, I'm out then. I'm gone. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know when I'm going to get there, but God, you told me to go. But you did not tell me everything. And a lot of times we get frustrated because we know that there's a call on our life. We know that we've been chosen by God. We know that God has given us grace, but what do we do with it? We are sitting there in the church, and we find ourselves with nothing to do, and so we will find ourselves getting into something that we shouldn't get into outside of the church because we are not really being used in the church. Because, because our way of thinking is not God's way, and we think that if we are not doing something through our own way of thinking to accomplish something that pleases us, then we are not being effective at all. But just by showing up, you showing up, I want you to know this is revelation just by you showing up and you have the spirit of God in you because you came in and somebody else had the spirit of God. There is a connection. Anytime that there is a connection, there is with, without um, connection, there is no life. When there is a connection, there is life. Thereby, God says where two or more are gathered can come into agreement, then they could ask anything. Thereby, when you come into the church, just because you are not a pastor or an usher or anything, it's not that you are not valuable. You are valuable just when you walk in. Amen. You have to understand that you are being used by God when you don't even know that you're being used by God. The smile that you give, anything that God uses you to do, you might smile at somebody, say something nice to them, and you are blessing them because you have the spirit of the living God with you. They said, well, I don't need to go to church. Well, if you don't need to go to church, then how can you be a blessing in God's house? I can get what I need off of TV. Well, then you're selfish. You're out to please you instead of please God because God has designed a system for us to come together. Mm -hmm. Say, Say we're growing together. Yeah, we are the gift of God. He gifted us with his spirit, and by his spirit, through connection, it brings, it births other gifting. What am I saying? I'm saying by us coming together and connecting, other people who don't know God get saved because we were connected. Don't you understand it takes relationship to connect, to conceive, and to receive? Thereby, thereby, you cannot be affected by God by keeping to yourself. This is about the kingdom of God. So he, he, he has a plan. Somebody say there's a plan. God had a plan from day one to, to, to save everybody. He wanted everybody to have access to the kingdom. But he starts off in the Old Testament so that we can get a good look. In other words, he knew that we would like to go to the movies. Old Testament is the movies. 
it shows you characters in people's lives of the foretelling of what Christ is going to do. So he shows us Joseph, and Joseph was betrayed by his own brethren, sold for 20 pieces of silver. Joseph never complained to nobody. He is the only character where it's mentioned in the Bible where Joseph went through everything and never complained about none of his situation. But everywhere he went, he was promoted. He shows and exemplifies the life of Christ, whereby, whereby, now get this, at the end of Joseph's life, Joseph was the one who was put in place, but he went through being sold into slavery, accused of something that he never done, hated by his own brethren, only to be put in a position so that he could save the lives of all the people. Jesus was hated by his brethren. Jesus was sold by his own brethren for 30 pieces of silver, only to be beat up, whipped all night long to position all of his brothers and bring prosperity to all of us, giving us grace. By grace, we have been saved through one man, one man, one man, one man. So Paul, he begins to define this mystery. And he says, he says that the mystery came through revelation. In other words, you will not understand the, the, the mystery unless God allows you to understand it. And how can you, God allow you to understand it if there is no preacher and you are not hearing the preach word? The, the, the revelation comes through the word of God. You cannot think God out. You cannot figure God out. You have to faith God out. And a lot of times we want to figure God out. We want to draw out how God is supposed to do it. God, you should have done it this way. I've been faithful, God, and you are still allowing this. Well, God is allowing this so that he can raise you up above this. Don't talk about this. Talk about the God that's raising you up out of this. If you can just get in the position and ask God for help in your time of need, God is right there to help you. And so he tells Paul to talk to the people about revelation because revelation changes everything. You do not understand God. You didn't understand God five years ago the way you understand him today. And the truth be told, you were looking at your pain a whole nother way. But God will use pain to get you in the place that he needs you to be so that he can get the word to you to change your life. Sometimes we get enough word that we think we got it figured out. But revelation is always coming to you. God will not tell you everything all at once. Because if he give you everything all at once, you'll go get everything you need and sit your little self down and won't want to do anything else. But God will always keep you depending on him. So he says, I must reveal it to you. And revelation comes in time. And so I want you to turn to Colossians 1 and 27. Say Revelation. So it was God who willed to make known. 
God wanted us to know. What about Revelation? It is the riches of what? The glory of the mystery. Who gets glorified through it all? God. God wants you to know that there's richness in understanding who he is. So every time, the closer you get to God, the richer you get in him. And so he said, the riches of the glory is a mystery among who? The Gentile, which is Christ, where? Christ in you. And so if you, if you understand anything, it's not about what you have. It's not about who you know. It's about the God that is already in you. Say he's in me. You were once a sinner, but now you're saved by grace. And in order to be saved by grace, the Spirit of God had to enter you. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was with the people. In the New Testament, the Spirit of God is in the people. And so what's in you is where you should place your hope. Because it says, this is the hope of glory. And a lot of time we put our hope in many things. I hope I get hit the lotto. I hope it works out. I hope. But if you put your hope in Christ Jesus, every other hope will get tied to that hope because Christ Jesus is the chief cornerstone that's holding everything together. So it's not about what you can get. It's not about what, what you want to obtain, and it's not about the problems that you've gone through. It's about the Christ that's dwelling inside of you. If you focus on what's on the inside, it will take care of everything on the outside. Because God's design purpose was for him to care for his children. Let me say that again. God's divine purpose was for him to take care of his children. Oh, no, I got to do this and I got to do that. Wait, 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 wait. God's design purpose was for him to take care of his children. So who's supposed to take care of you? So then why do you get mad at somebody else when they don't do what you think they should do? God's design purpose was to take care of his children. God will get his way. So then God says, if I'm going to take care of my people, I have to give them my spirit because they get confused from time to time and don't know who's talking to them. So let me give them my spirit so they'll know when daddy's speaking because my spirit will line up with my word. Oh, good. Oh, somebody said, oh, and look, wait, wait. And the word, the word, the word of God, when God speaks, it changes everything. The word of God is power. 
Whatever God says, it has to be. So you have to get through revelation in the Bible what God has said about you. And God has said that he will take care of his children. And by his spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. His spirit gives you hope. You can hope you get that car. You can hope you get that house. And if you hope for a house that God didn't intend for you, the house will make you bankrupt. I want to talk to you about misaligned hope. See, when you don't align your hope with the will of God, you hope that God give you that man. And when God give you that man, you will hope for God to take that man. Oh, Lord, give her to me. She fine as wine. And be praying for her. And you get her. And the next month, you praying to God, take her. I'm talking about misaligned hope. I hope I get that job. You don't even know what that job entails. You don't know that there's seven witches waiting for you to show up. And all you thinking about is the underlying figure that Satan is trying to feed you with. I'm going to give you six figures. He didn't tell you he was going to give you seven witches to go along with the six. Oh, goodness. And so our hope is aligned to our mind. But truly, you have the hope of Christ, the riches of God's glory dwelling down inside of you, which is the spirit of the son of God. That's where your hope should be. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. I hope that God moves me the way he wants to move me, when he wants to move me, how he wants to move me, so that righteousness would lead my life. But preacher, what do I do? What do I do when my hope is in Jesus, but I keep seeing stuff that has affected me that I don't like? Uh, Colossians 1, 24, we'll go backward. What do I do? What do I do? Uh, it says, Paul says, I now rejoice, oh goodness. Oh, wait, wait. You've been trained to rejoice over the wrong stuff. Paul says, my suffering is not greater than what was revealed to me. Uh, He says, the revelation I got is that I have the spirit of God and that grace is inside of me. And he is my hope of glory. 
And so then if I look at the suffering, I can't rejoice. But if I look at the hope that's going to bring me through the suffering, I can rejoice because I know that my suffering will never overtake me. That victory is already set up for me. So I rejoice in the hope that is already here. He says, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the affection of Christ. He said, oh, I don't know if I can make it. Yeah, that's because your mind will tell you you don't know. But if you believe God, then you'll know. Greater who is in me is greater than anything that I have to go through. And then you'll be able to push your way through. Why? Because no matter what happens, God will work it out. Say that with me. God will work it out. Say it again. God will work it out. And they said, how come you rejoicing over you all the trouble you in? Because you can say, because God will work it out. Say it again. God will work it out. Say it again. See, you get happy when you start talking about what you know God will do because you are attaching to the word of God. And when you attach to the word of God, no matter how messed up it may look, you know that God will work it out. Come on. God will work it out. You ought to give him a hand of praise for working it out. So, 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 wait, wait. Pastor, you, it sounds good. That sounds good, Pastor. We, we, we was with it. God going to work it out. But how we know for real, you telling the truth. Um, put verse 29 on the board. Y'all ready? Y'all getting this? This revelation knowledge. God will. God will. No matter what it is, he'll. No matter what it looks like, he'll. No matter what it feels like, he'll. So next time somebody cuts you out, say, hmm. God. (laughs) Work it out. Okay, so he said, said, to this end, to this end, I also labor, uh, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Oh, goodness. Uh, That's why you couldn't keep smoking that stuff. <laughs> That's why you had to put the alcohol down. It wasn't AA. They helped you in your mind. But grace helped you the rest of the way. See, God has already positioned in you what's called hope. And that hope does not depend on what you think. So you might think you can't, but hope will mess up and mess up your theology and do what you can't do. 
Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me, right? Because his work is working in you. The grace of God is working in you. You can't stop God from working in you. Sometime in order for God to work in you, he will send somebody on the outside to run you back into you so that he can work on you because you are too focused on what's going on outside that you can't focus on what's going on on the inside so he'll have somebody hurt you. So he could work you. So you can't get mad at who hurt you because he allowed it to hurt you so he could work mightily in you. Oh, goodness. Y'all ought to get your forgiving notepads out right now. (laughs) Instead of saying, I forgive him, I forgive him, I forgive him because you were the one that caused grace to really get to work. When you understand, somebody said, say, I get it. I get it. That's what revelation is. When you get revelation, you ought to just shout, I get it. Go ahead and shout it. Go ahead and shout it. It hurts, but I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. The next thing, next thing he deals with, he says, he says, that we are in this dispensation, right? Paul says we're in this dispensation, right? So we need a revelation for the dispensation. What dispensation? This dispensation of grace. And so the dispensation, okay, dispensation means a, a system of order, plan, arrangement, exemption, immunity, exoneration, uh, freedom, Release, relief, absolution, dispensation of grace means simply you've been set free. And who the spirit has set free is free indeed. I heard them singing the worship to God and they were singing And we were joining in and we were saying that we are free. In order to be free, you have to know that you are free. Now, get this. There was a bird. He was so used to living in the cage that they took the bird and they took the bird to the mountain and they opened up the cage and they told the bird, you're free. And the bird sat on his perch because the bird had no revelation as to what they were saying. He did not know that he can soar now. He did not know that he could leave the cage now. And see, that's what I want to talk to you about. You shout you're free, but you don't know that you have access to everything that God has. So you live in limitation of what you think. But the word free, when Jesus set you free, that meant he gave you access. Access, preacher, to what? Well, when he set you free, he shifted you. 
from being a sinner by grace. The dispensation of grace changed you. Can I have a few men up here for just for a minute? I want, I want to show you a picture. Just a few men. If you're, if you're scared, stay there. But if you're not, come on. Come on up. Come on. Uh, I, I, you can keep coming. Come on. Anybody that's not afraid, come on. So, so he, 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 yeah, come on, Dad. You ain't scared. I know you ain't scared. <laughs> and so he, he forms. You scared? Get in a circle. Get in a circle. You follow the leader. You follow the leader. You follow. Now we're gonna follow the leader. Who's the leader? <laughs> See, when God forms a system, He says for us to follow the leader. So no man can take credit for nothing. Because this is a grace system. And the only way we got in this system is by the grace given through Christ Jesus. Thereby, when we're walking, there's a system in place. You guys stay, keep going. And I didn't fell out the system. But the grace system is still moving. Because that's God's system. And so God says, even when you fall out, grace will continue to keep moving. And because you have grace in you, you cannot sit on the side and be out of the kingdom if grace has called you to be a part of the system. Y'all speed up the walk a little bit. Because sometimes it'll speed up that it'll start sucking you. And even when you fighting against it, because it's going so fast, the great system knows how to speed up to get you back in. And if you get in and you're not walking right, the great system know how to get you right. See, this is all about a great system. And the great system is, is a system that's designed that it would pick up Everybody who belongs to the kingdom and the grace system will keep picking up as long as God is running the system. It's meant to suck you in, too. And it's all about the system of God and not the system of man. No matter what you think, God will pull you in. All right, man. And we, we sometimes will try to make people feel guilty. And even sometimes you feel guilty. I'm not worthy. One brother told me I can't come to church because the church might catch on fire. I said, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> it's, it's designed to catch fire. <laughs> you the missing Kindle? <laughs> Brother, you need to hurry up and come. <laughs> See, when people try to discredit themselves, you got to lift them up. Because guilt is not a part of grace. It tries to work against grace. 
And so this system that's dispensing this grace, it sets you free so you could have access to everything in the kingdom of God. You don't have to beg. How can you have access to God? He says, approach my throne with confidence and boldness. And you sitting back crying like a baby, God, will you ever? For real? God, your word says that you're going to take care of me. I'm about to lose my mind. And you need to do something here. See, when you talk to God like that, God says, all right, that's my word, baby. I, I got you. But you sit back and, oh, God, oh. That means you don't even believe that he is who he said he is. But he sent me here today to remind you that he chose you. You didn't choose him. And that he's going to be faithful to work it all out for you because you are a part of his system. And it's his grace that's going to work for your life. And I want all the people that's ready for grace to work it out in your life to give God a crazy, ridiculous unrestrained praise. God deserves to be praised. He's worthy. You ought to praise God in the middle of your situation. Whatever it is. So why you praise it? Because I'm free. Yeah, but, yeah, grace saved you a long time ago. No, I got revelation now. I, I'm really free. I didn't know that I was limited to a caged life. Uh, I didn't know that I was free from a caged life. I, I, I didn't know I had to put up with this anymore. See, see, when you find out that you're a child of God, you don't have to put up with it. You can change it. See, see, if you know that you can change it, you can speak a word because you know it. See, if you know it, you believe that what you say is going to happen Amen. if it lines up with God's will. Amen. See, see, when we say stuff that don't line up with the word of God and then get frustrated when it don't happen, see, you can believe something to be and talk to God about it all by yourself. And because you're free, you don't have to deal with it. The issue is you allowed it to change who you are. The things that they said about you, you believe that instead of what God said, limited. I, I, I love to, to counsel women because I, I take them to that Bible in, in, in 1 Peter and 3, and it talks about how the woman will sanctify the whole house. And because of her, her worship, it talks about her worship being a gentle spirit. It says that a woman's worship so pleases God that you don't have to argue with your man. You got to worship the man. Oh, goodness. He says, he says, and when the woman worships me, he said, women, don't get it. Don't get all angry and frustrated. He says, your chaste conduct worships me. And when you worship me, even when your man is wrong, I'll straighten him out. Amen. Amen. 
Go ahead and shout, I'm free. free. See, women thought they had to put the boots on and strap them up and be a man. Women, you wasn't called to be a man. You was called to be the woo, man. Hey. (laughs) But when when you fight, you are saying you're not free. You don't got to fight. Your worship is the key. Your worship, your worship is the key. Shout, I'm free. Mm -hmm. So we get it through the revelation. Say, I got it. Shout, I'm free. Third thing I want to talk to you about, and then we're going home. I want you to know that grace has already did it all. Say it's done. Second Peter 1, 2 and 4. If grace did it all, then you have to understand it's done. And what grace has done, the next thing you need to do is, is participate in what's done already. All right? So how do we do that? 1 Peter 1, verse 2. Shout, it's done. So if it's done, you've seen a picture of the grace cycle running, right? The grace cycle is God's divine grace moving. If grace grace is the key, then we need to stay in the God's grace. So what takes you out of God's grace? I want you to know is your flesh nature. Anytime you put what you think above what God said, that means your flesh is sitting on the throne. God is not sharing his throne with no man. What happens when you sit on God's throne? Oh, oh, no, I ain't doing that. Wait a minute. He didn't choose you. So you could have a choice in what you're going to do and not do. He chose you so that you could be a reflection of who he is. So he gave you his spirit. So now you can say, I can't do this. And win. Because many of you say, well, I say it all the time, Pastor. Yeah, yeah, you you say it, but you'll never win. Because you can do all things. You might say, I don't know how I'm going to do this. That's the correct answer. And I'm going to tell you how you're going to do it. You're going to deny your flesh. In order to follow after Christ, you must deny your flesh. Any desires that are outside of the will of God is a fleshly desire. You desire, and it's not just sex. I'm talking about desiring anything above God. And most of our issue, and I'm going to tell you where it's all birthed from. Most of our issue is not drugs and alcohol and partying. Most of our issue is just derived on you. Just you, yourself, and I. You want to please you. You want it your way. You want an I experience. And you, I'm going to tell you how you know when you're guilty of just being in a, in a prideful eye spirit. When you talk, you'll mention the word I. 
Smallest word in the dictionary. And when you talk, well, this is I and and, and I went here and I did this and I need this and I need that and I that and I and if they didn't do this and I everything is about you. But it should be about God. Amen. Why? Because He's given you a nature so that you could participate in a supernatural realm. His realm is supernatural. So he gives you his spirits. With his spirit, you can change the natural from bringing down the supernatural. You can do it. Preacher, well, I've tried and I've tried. Yes, but you didn't believe. The key is believing. It's something to say, well, I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to lose 30 pounds. But you don't believe you're going to do it because you like apple pie. Right? And you like Kit Kats. <laughs> and, and, and so and so you 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 say it, but you don't believe it. So you compromise along the way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You meant well, you even spoke well, but your inner you. Your thought process said, well, just one <laughs> won't hurt. Am I talking to the right people? <laughs> and so you've trained yourself for failure. That's cool. The reason why, the reason why I say it's cool is because it's really not up to you this time. There's a grace movement that is happening right now that you can't change. That's why you're getting revelation knowledge this month. Because you don't really understand that there's relationships that are all tore up and you have the power to bring restoration to them. But you don't believe you can do it. Somebody say, God can. God can. All right. All right, so verse 2 says, grace and peace be what? To who? How? It says grace and peace be multiplied. Listen, stuff that used to bother you, you're going to get in the situation. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you why. Because grace will take over your mind. Grace is changing you right now. You'll never be the same. 
And when you want to get mad, you're going to mess up and be happy anyway. And wonder why you have so much peace when it used to stress you out. Why? Because grace is being multiplied to you right now. How do I know? Because the word said so. Everybody who's receiving this grace, you ought to give God a praise right now. Because you need it multiplied. I want to talk to the one who needs the grace multiplied. I'm catching it on every side. I need, I need, I need that grace. Then he says, verse, verse 3. Then he says, as, watch this, his divine power. Has what? Given who? Wait, 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 wait. His divine power is given to you. Oh, goodness. That means while you're in this grace, you got revelation now that you have power to bring about change. Here's the key. The first change is not them. The first change is not it. You've been asking God to change them, and you've been asking God to change it. God wants you to stand before him and say, change me. How many of you just got revelation that you still need some changing? God, change me. God, change me. God, change me. What change do you need? God, I need your divine. Your divine. Look at look, look, look. Your divine nature. He's given us all things that pertain to life, godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Listen, when God chose you he glorified himself because he knew what he was going to do with you oh goodness verse 4 by which have been given to us what stop right there you've got exceeding great and precious promise every word of God is a promise of God I won't put more on you than you can bear. You, you, you know what I've noticed? That God put it on you, not so that it would crush you, but so that he could get the best out of you. See, see the, the anointing don't come out of the olive until it gets crushed. And God allowed it to get on you, not so you can be crushed, but so that you could be in power. What's it? With his power and his divine nature. What's this? That through these you may be partakers of what? So what is his nature? His, it's divine. Now check out God's nature in the beginning. In the beginning, God created. His, his nature was to create. Right? How did he create? He spoke it. In the beginning, God. 
So in all, everything that happens in your life, you ought to take it back to God. And so you keep taking it to people. Oh, God, they're just doing this to me. No, that don't work for you. God, you've given me your divine nature, so change me. I'm taking on too much of this on my own. As a matter of fact, it's not the weight he put on you. It's the weight you keep pulling on you and taking stuff that don't belong to you. And God said, you shall not steal. And we take stuff on. Somebody tell you a lie and you believe the lie. And you carry the weight of a lie. Call you out of your name and you walk around talking about it. Oh, they just, just didn't grab the weight. What are you mad for? Oh, they called me this and they called me. Is it true? No, then why are you carrying the weight? I told you, we have nature that we got to get rid of. We are no longer thieves. We have been set free by this grace that God has given us. They did it. It didn't destroy you. And anything that don't destroy you made you better. Stop being bitter over the thing that made you better. I want a people who are ready to accept better. Let go of bitter. And just let God be who he is. He said, he says he did it so that we could take on his divine nature and experience it, partake in it. How can we be the church, but we partake in mess instead of the message? something gossip be going on you running with a quick ear to hear the word said let let us hear what the spirit has to say the thing is they're talking about god's spirit not all those evil spirits you're trying to give attention to on social media oh so and so is doing this so and so oh did you see how many likes he got i got 999 likes I mean, you can laugh, but it's, it's crazy. You don't need likes to be creative. Jesus likes you. That's more likes than everybody got. <laughs> the nature. We got to take on that divine nature. It's Listen. That's already done. It's in you. And the enemy is trying to get you to operate according to his system. Because he knows if you're hating, if you're not forgiven, if you're taking on everything that somebody did to you that was wrong and saying they did me wrong, you're taking on defeat. He says, I've given you victory. You ought to put your hands up and act like you won. Because if you can believe you won, you can live in the victory. The the issue is, and this is the trick, and I'm getting ready to close. The issue is, we get revelation. 
revelations come. And we think that revelation is just something that we hear. God gives you revelation to change you. I know. You want, them, you want to change them? You want to change it? When he finished changing you, I'm not even going to say when he finished. When you truly get this revelation, you'll start speaking a different language. And when you start speaking a created language and say, you won't talk to me that way no more. Mm -hmm. And I'm not who you said I am. God told me I'm somebody different. Oh, and you think you can hold back from me? God gives me everything I need. You're not my provider. He's my provider. See, when you start looking at it that way, you change everything. I was called by God. I was chosen by God. And look, he brought us into relationships, so don't try to change who I am. Because if I could be who I am, I don't need to be who you are. But if I'm who I am and you're who you are, man, we could do some things together. This is about revelation knowledge. This is a sermon to change you. Say, I get it. I know you do. You know why? Because in order to get it, it first had to get you. And God would not have brought you here today. Say today. If he didn't want this revelation to get you so that you can get it and let the power of God have its way in your life. You know, it's something for a believer to be afraid. I know this. Fear is only for a limited time. God will run all fear away. But I'm going to share something with you. A lot of the fear is something you brought on. You know, relationships get all messed up. And I'm going to just say this, family relationships. And we mess up believing that it cannot be restored. God is a restorer. If he could restore us back to him, he can do anything. You were once a sinner and on your way to hell. One move of God changed everything. Just one move. And grace started moving. And grace is not going to stop. Grace is going to build you into being all God has called you to be. Hallelujah. Listen, and to experience all God has chosen you to experience. Let me share this with you. And that is that you would have life and that you would have it more abundant. Give God a hand of praise. Thank you.